Good morning, Summit Church. All right, that's better than first service. We want to take an opportunity to welcome those who are <clears throat> joining us online. We appreciate them joining. We uh, count them as a part of our congregation, of our uh, church home family. And so we welcome you. Uh, I want to say my name is, is Dick Motzing. I'm the associate pastor here at the Summit Church. And uh, I just appreciate this opportunity uh, to share God's word with you. Wow. The worship was just amazing. And I thank God that he shows up every time he's invited. And I just am so thankful that our worship team is obedient and they're quick to follow God and to, uh, to bring us into the presence of God. This morning we're talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, this will be the final message in our series on uh, the Holy Spirit. What I really want to talk about this morning is how He looks as He works in our lives. And, uh, and, and I want to assure you that in the same way that He looks in, in, in one person's life, He wants to do the same in the next person's life. Listen, God is not a discerner of people. He loves every one of us equally. He wants to do the same work in you that he's done in me. He wants to do the same work in each and every one of us. And he wants to uh, pour out his spirit. I love the, the sign or the, the, the line in the song uh, that uh, sing, uh, you know, or prophesy like it's already done. And, you know, the, the thing is, is, uh, we, every one of us, have the opportunity to prophesy as though it's already done. And it, really, the, the meaning behind that is, as we speak out of our mouth with faith in Jesus Christ, faith in the power of God to accomplish what we're saying with the words that come out of our mouth, uh, we believe it's done in Jesus' name. Because God wants to move in the lives of those people that we're speaking life into. And God can only bring life into, uh, into people's lives. He, he doesn't bring disunity. He doesn't um, bring confusion. The, the author of confusion is not God. The author of confusion is the enemy. So when we, are, when we have the opportunity to speak God's word out of our mouth, in reality, that is one aspect of prophesying God's word. And, and it's one of the gifts of the spirit that God has given to us. Every time that you testify to what God has done in you and what God wants to do in, in our lives, we are speaking a word of prophecy. So you have done that. And God wants to use us for that purpose, to bring life into the, the hearts and the minds of everybody that we come in contact with. 
I appreciate the way that Pastor Mel has negotiated uh, us through talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and about the fact that, listen, he is just, he desires to be in your life as much as any of our lives. And we need you to understand that. And it's the purpose for preaching these sermons. We're not trying to twist the arm of the people in this church and make them go someplace that they don't feel ready to go yet. But it's still important for us to know that the Holy Spirit is drawing and working in each and every one of us. And He wants to work in you. So... That's where I want to go with this. The first thing that I want to do is I want to assure you that God does everything in order and perfectly. He can't do it any other way because it's who He is. Everything He does is right. Everything He says will bring life. Everything that He does in your life will empower you. He cannot do anything except for who he is. And he is life and hope and peace to those who love him and worship him. So he can't do anything else other than bring life to you. There is no death in him. None. He brings life to his people. So I... I just want you to understand that as he brings life into your life, into my life, he's not going to ever do anything that will make us feel like a weirdo. In fact, I would say this, that probably if you're kind of weird, you're just kind of weird. It's not God. I know I've had people think that about me in the past, even though I'm not weird. Don't ask Cheryl. But the thing is, is God just wants to work in our lives, and He wants to create what He has planned and purposed for us, and, and, and He's doing just that. And so, when God does things in His order, first and foremost, He wants us to be His child. So, the first thing that He's going to do is He wants to bring you into relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just what He does. He loves every one of us. In fact, you know... I. Do you know what makes you qualified for Jesus uh, to come into your life? Any, anybody want to say? You're breathing. I didn't hear that. My hearing aid's off. No, no, no. The, what makes us qualified for God to come and live on the inside of us is just the fact that we have breath in our physical body and we're alive here on this earth. He doesn't need any other reason to come and pursue your life. 
He's pursuing every one of us, every person that has ever lived, that's living now or will ever live from here to eternity. God's purpose is to pursue their life and bring them into relationship with Him. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that He pursued me. And He brought me to that place of relationship. But the cool thing about God is His desire for us never ever stops or slows down. So once we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, His focus changes ever so slightly. And what that focus is, the secondary focus, is that He wants to empower you to be able to live the life that you have committed yourself to. Listen, God understands that we're weak. He understands that we're human and, and, and that the frailties that, that we carry around with us every day uh, make a mess out of our lives. At least mine. But I know that every one of us is in the same position. And so God wasn't satisfied with just bringing us into the kingdom of God. But then what God wants to do is he wants to begin to work on the inside of us. Recreate us from the inside out. So that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what he wants us to do. He's given us a purpose and a plan for our life. Every one of us has one of those. And he's the only one that can really bring it to pass. He's the only one that has the ability, the strength, the wisdom, and the power to bring to pass his plan and his purpose. Do you know what your responsibility is to God? Surrender. I remember probably about 15 years ago, finally coming to the realization that as a human, as a Christian, I can only really do one thing for God. And that's surrender to Him. I'm not strong enough, smart enough, or anything else to be able to do all of the right things at all of the right times. But Jesus Christ is strong enough and good enough and, and capable, capable enough to empower me to be everything that he created me to be. All I need to do is surrender to him and allow him to work in me and through me. It's really the only thing that I can do. And what I mean by surrender is, it means that I'm surrendered to him and I'm obedient to him. Because it's covered under one little umbrella. If you're surrendered, you're obedient. You're committed. So that's what he wants us to do. He just wants us to surrender to him. So... I am so thankful that Jesus 
was never, ever, even in the slightest bit, deterred in his pursuit for me and you. He wasn't deterred because I had weakness in my life. And neither is he deterred by that when it comes to you. I'm, you, can't, you, you can't understand how thankful I am for that. Listen, I know how inept I am. I know how weak I am. You don't. But I do. And I'm just thankful that, that he's always overcoming those weaknesses in my life. Jesus, when he came here, he had his sole purpose was to provide the way of redemption for God's people. But then as he lived out his life here and, and the time was, was coming to an end in his ministry here on this earth, he realized that, that he needed to do, needed to, us to understand that we needed some help when he left. Listen, in John 16 and verse 7, it says, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he said this, I tell you the truth, it is for your advantage, or to your advantage, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. You know, if... Put yourself in the disciples' position. These guys, these people had learned to love Jesus very deeply. And, and the thought of him leaving didn't sit too well with them. They, they felt like, how, how, how are we going to do this? How, how are we going to be successful? How are we going to minister the way you told us to? If you leave, we won't have you here to help us and to instruct us. And I can only imagine that when he said to them, it's to your advantage, the thought that goes through my mind is, how can that be to my advantage? For Jesus to not be right here where I can touch him and talk to him. And yet that's what he said to them. But see, what they didn't understand, that Jesus did understand, is when Jesus came here to earth, he came here all God and all man. I know that that boggles our mind to think about that. But the thing is, Jesus came in the form of a physical body. So he was limited by that physical body just like you are. I can only be in one place at one time. Jesus could only be at one place at one time when he was here. He could only communicate with one person at one time just like us. 
And he knew that if when he uh, left this world and went back to heaven, that he was going to send the Holy Spirit, who is God himself. He was going to send him to the earth so that he could be with us and be in us. The thing about the Holy Spirit is he can be in all of us at the same time. He can be talking to all of us at the same time. He is not, he's not confined by a physical body. He's not deterred by anything that deters us. In fact, he's not controlled by time. So Jesus knew how much of an advantage it was going to be for them if he left in order to send the Holy Spirit to be with us. Another really cool thing about God is that he never ever requires out of us what he hasn't already empowered us to do. Listen, things look difficult and impossible to us. But when God calls us to do something for the kingdom of heaven, he has already placed in you every Thing that you need, even if you don't feel like it. We just have to trust that God is going to empower us and enable us to do what he's called us to do. I'm just a simple farmer boy. When I was in high school, I couldn't speak to two or three people because I was so embarrassed. My whole face would jiggle with nerves. But in the summer of 1980, yeah, that's not telling you how old I am, but and we'll just leave it at that. In the summer of 1980, living in, in Houston, Texas, God called me to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there wasn't anybody more shocked on the face of the earth than my wife. Her response was, what? No, not quite like that. But the thing is, is she knew me. She knew what my in inabilities were when it came to communicating with people. I remember the first time I taught Sunday school. For a couple of two or three weeks, she saw me just go absolutely nuts. Because I knew I was going to have to talk in front of three or four people. You know, it's funny to me now. But in 1980, when God said, I'm going to use you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I was no different then than I was in high school. But God never called me to do what I do today 
but that he had already placed on the inside of me the ability, the anointing to be able to do what I do. It's just who he is. And I assure you that he will never ask you to do anything in this life that he hasn't already empowered you to do. It's there. The thing is, is we just need to tap into it. And he'll bring it to the surface. He needs us to surrender to his call to do the things that need to be done. So he's empowered us. He, he, he sent his Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us. In Acts chapter 1, he was talking to the disciples. And he said to them in verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, the, the word baptized there is so important because that word baptized means to be fully immersed. And it would be like taking a glass of water, you're standing on the shore of the Pacific Ocean, and you dip that glass in and it's full. Any slight movement would jostle water out of that glass. It's completely full of ocean, Pacific Ocean. Now, take that glass and set it on the ocean floor at the deepest point of the Pacific Ocean. That's what baptized means. Not only is it full to overflowing, but it's completely and totally surrounded by ocean. And what, the, what God wants for us is for us to be baptized into the Holy Spirit so that we're fully and completely immersed. There can't be anything more within and without. That's what Jesus was saying to them. I think that's pretty cool. Because... That's what God wants us to live like. That's what he wants us to experience in this life. Is just this, this absolute engulfing immersion of, of him. And then he goes on in Acts 1 and verse 8. And he says... But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you've been totally and fully immersed into him. This power will come on you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now that doesn't mean that every one of us have to go and live in another country, somewhere else, halfway around the world. We don't have to go to Jerusalem to share the gospel. It's, it's kind of symbolic in, in that, that Jerusalem represents our immediate family. It, it would be like Cheryl and Ryan and myself. 
uh, that's my first responsibility as a minister of the gospel, as a dad, as a husband, is, is that, that unit, my family that God has given to me. And then he says that, so I'm, uh, my responsibility is Jerusalem and then Judea. That would be stretching out to include brothers and sisters and grandparents and just kind of stepping out to a little bit wider circle. And, and then he says to go into Samaria, that would be equivalent to spreading out to the county of Indiana and maybe a little bit beyond that. You know, your sphere of influence with Christ keeps expanding. And into the uttermost parts of the earth, he's saying anywhere and everywhere that you go, the Holy Spirit wants to use you there. And so, the, the thing about this verse 8, there, there's this one key verse or word in that, in that verse that I want to kind of focus on for a minute, and it's that word power. God wants to fill us with power. If it wasn't for the Spirit of God filling me with power... I wouldn't be able to witness to a single person. Couldn't do it. Neither could you. It, it's just the way it is. But the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us with this power to do what we cannot do on our own. And it, it's vitally important for us to have this power. It's why Jesus talked about it and stressed it in these verses. Now, I'm not taking anything away from any other aspect of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but none of the other ministries of the Holy Spirit work without this power. It's vital to us. In order for us to be able to produce fruit in this life, we need this power. In, in uh, the Gospel of John chapter 15 and verse 16, again Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I'm going to stop there for a second. I've kind of changed over the course of my life the way I talk about my redemption. I mean, I started out saying, I found Jesus when I found Jesus as my Savior. Really, technically, I understand what people mean when they say that, and I don't have a problem with it. But when Jesus found me as a man who was lost and in need of a Savior... I surrendered to his draw to the kingdom of God. He chose me. He found me. I just surrendered to him. And he redeemed me from who I was. He brought life where there was no life. That's what redemption means. 
I was dead and he redeemed me and put life on the inside of me. The ability to communicate and love God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he goes on in in same verse. He says, and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. Now, when I was young, I used to think that, and and I was kind of taught this in a roundabout way, that, that that fruit was just the people that I was able to win to the kingdom of God and that it was my responsibility to go out and win fruit. And listen, I don't diminish that, that ideology, that purpose one bit. Please hear me. Because God does want us to produce fruit with our life. But if we want to produce fruit in winning people to Jesus Christ, there's some fruits that need to be in demonstration in our life in order to accomplish that. And there's nine of them to be exact. They're listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Um, For my own self, and you can do this if God so leads you, uh, when I discovered these, or when God brought them to my attention, I wrote them down and put them someplace where I could see them because I understood they were vital in my life. But those, those nine fruits are love, joy, and peace. Now, if there's any person in here that would reject love, joy, and peace in your life, would you raise your hand? Don't joke with me. (laughs) No, none of us would raise our hand. We all want to be loved. We all want to have joy. We all want to experience peace. But then he goes on, and he says, their love, joy, peace, patience... Now we start putting the brakes on about the time he hits patience, at least I did. But he wants to work patience in our lives. And then he takes it another step. He wants us to be kind. Kindness needs to be a fruit of our life. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And the last one. Self-control. You know, I've discovered in my 60 plus years of life that if I'm busy allowing God and asking God to demonstrate these nine fruits of the Spirit out of my life, my success in living for Jesus Christ and accomplishing what he's asked me to do goes way up. And it goes way up because the the demonstration of these fruits of the Spirit is what people observe in you. They see your love. They see your joy. They see your peace. They see and experience your kindness and your patience and your goodness. And it's it's those things that, that permeate your being that draws people 
to Jesus Christ. There's just, if I had a dollar for every time somebody has said to me, what in the world is it about you that's so different? My response is always the same. Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. Because if it wasn't for him, I'd still be who I was when I was lost. I just encourage you. It helped me tremendously to write these down. And I made them a matter of prayer in my life. Because I want to be usable by God. Listen. I love people. And God called me to come to the Summit Church. Because it gives me the opportunity to love you. God called Pastor Mel here because he loves you. Can, can, can you say that you can't sense the love of God emanating out of that man? Even when he has to do a little bit of correction, you still feel God's love emanating out of him because there's, he, he's gentle and he's kind. He's compassionate. He's patient. He's these fruits of the Spirit. And, and, and listen, we all struggle with allowing them to work in our lives. We're not any of us perfect. But our purpose is to fall into God's plan, which is for these fruits to be at work in us. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is tremendously important in your life. It's the reason why Pastor Mel and, and the church is, is talking about it. We're not trying to twist anybody's arm and say, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. But we want you to be aware of the fact that, that God has provided the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us so that we can be more than we ever dreamed we could be. And that God could use us in a greater way than we ever dreamed that we could be used in the kingdom of God. And he's available to each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's presence in our life is what empowers us to grow more and more capable over time. The fruit of the Spirit becomes who you are. It's not just something that you put on. It becomes who you are. And you just, you, you just live your life allowing those things to flow through you. along with the power of the Holy Spirit infusing us with the ability, with power to demonstrate out of our lives the fruits of the Spirit, comes the gifts of the Spirit. 
Now, I don't make it, I don't state it like that because I think for one second that, there's, that, that the gifts are secondary to the fruits. They are not. They are equal. But I will say this. If we want the, the gifts of the Spirit to be at work in our lives, we need to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit. Because there has to, it's the fruit of the Spirit that draws people. It's the fruit of the Spirit that they see that causes them to want what you have. And then you have the opportunity to speak life into them. To prophesy as though it's already done. Listen, if you came to me and told me you wanted to accept Jesus Christ, I'm going to talk to you as though it's already done. Because the real truth is salvation is already accomplished for every person that has ever taken breath in their physical body. They just, some of us haven't surrendered to it yet. That's the only difference between those who have and those who haven't. It's already paid for. Your sin's already paid for. Your redemption is already provided in Christ Jesus. Happened 2,000 years ago. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and surrender to that call and that draw of, of the Holy Spirit to Jesus Christ. But the gifts and the fruits all work together to bring strength to us so that we can live with success. I would, I would venture to say there's nobody sitting in this place today that doesn't want success in their life. We all want to be successful at our jobs, at our, our ability to love our family, our, our ability to be the best that we can be. And we all want to be successful in our walk with Jesus Christ or you wouldn't be sitting here in the first place. And God wants to give you that success. Success in living out the fruit of the Spirit will cause the evidence of that power and the gifts to take place in you. The gift's main purpose is so that we can demonstrate the working of God in and through our lives. God wants to do that in every one of us. As people observe the Holy Spirit in us, it draws them to Jesus Christ. It's intriguing to them. The Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. And He knows the very heart of of God. They're connected, completely and totally connected, one with the other. In fact, they are the same. So if the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking in you, it's God that's living in you and speaking in you, guiding you. Working through you. 
when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Pastor Mel talked about tongues and interpretation of tongues. Listen, we don't want this to be an uncomfortable subject for any person, and yet it can be. When you start talking about tongues in front of people, it makes them uncomfortable. They don't understand it. And they just, it, it just kind of repels them to a, to, to a degree. But I know what it was for me. The very first time I ever heard anybody say anything in tongues, I, oh, I, I, I was repelled by that. I had never heard it. I'd never experienced it. But you know what? There was just something about that that I couldn't refuse to believe was true. Down in here. Had nothing to do with up here. This thing has gotten me into more trouble than anything else in my life. My brain. And, and you can't ask Cheryl about that. You know, and, and that, that it just, it holds us back. That's why God wants us to believe in the Spirit and in truth. He wants us to believe in Him from here, not from here, because we get confused. So we don't want people to be uncomfortable. But at the same time, we want you to understand that God has gifts and fruits that he wants to produce in your life. And he wants to empower you to be able to do these things because he understands how much power and ability it will bring into your life that will enable you to minister to people and to love people like you never have before. He, isn't, he doesn't bring these things up and, and we don't preach about them because we want to cause confusion. We don't like that. But we want you to understand how much God loves you and how much he desires to pour out everything that he is into you. And so I would just say this, that if you question it, if you want to know more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts, if you want to understand more about the, the, the prayer language that God can give to us, and listen, the, the, the prayer language comes from the Holy Spirit who's living in you. And, and, and he's perfect. I'm not perfect. If I want to pray a perfect prayer, it's not going to come out of my brain. But I can just let myself allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me. And that way I know because he knows God's heart, he knows how to pray God's heart. And if he prays God's heart... God goes into action on my behalf or on the behalf of the people I'm praying for. There isn't anybody in here I don't imagine except for Cheryl that's ever heard me pray in my prayer language. It'll probably never change because it's none of your business. 
It's a personal language that God gives us to communicate with him. Now, tongues and interpretation is a different story, but it must be interpreted. But the prayer language that I received when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, it revolutionized my life. So I just encourage you, talk to us about it. That's the best thing that we can do, is talk to you and, and, and pray for you. And, and if you want to read a little bit more, if the, in the information booth, there are these pamphlets. You can pick those up. You can read that. We can provide for you other materials that will give you understanding. We want God's best for you. But because God does everything perfectly and in order, listen, if you're sitting here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to be your personal Savior, it comes first. The power comes second. So as we all bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, if you would, just raise your hand. And we, we're not going to make you do anything. We just want to pray for you. We want to acknowledge you. And, and So if that's you, just raise your hand. Okay, I see there's one over to my left. Anyone else? Let's all pray this prayer together. Lord God, I just ask you to come into my life today. I choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he's paid for my redemption. And with my mouth, I confess that he is my Lord. And I will be saved today. Father, help me to turn my life in the direction of following you. And Father, we give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you have any questions that you want to ask about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, prayer language, any of that stuff, there will be prayer partners at the ends of the platform. You can feel free to come and talk to me. We want you to understand what we're talking about. So please avail yourself.